It's time for the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dennis Stuckey and Brady Beaton. All right, welcome aboard. Dennis Stuckey, Brady Beaton, Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Going to be a great show today. I'm excited. Um, Football is closer than you think. We're less than a month away from the first uh, games of the regular season, and we're going to talk some football, but we're going to talk about football up in the thumb today. So we had to bring in uh, an expert. Uh, you you, you plugged yourself into the wrong thing. So th- this one was not my fault. Yeah, go ahead and yell at me. I'm not going to yell at you. I'm just going to make sure people know. already embarrassed myself enough with this intro. It wasn't the old man that messed things up. <laughs> so as your punishment, tell them about the golf outing. All right, golf outing, you know the routine by now. August 20th at the Elks in Port Huron. Listen, just take the 30 seconds if you want to golf in it. Go to our website. Says right there, golf outing in the top right. Click on it. The form is one, two, three, four, four questions long. Just fill it out. It's so simple. Dennis Stuckey could do it. Yes. Just go fill it out right now so you don't forget. So you're not scrambling on August 15th trying to make sure you get a team in. It'll be fun. And, yeah, August 20th at the Elks, our golf outing skins game close to the pin, close to the line, uh, 50-50, all that fun stuff. And now I'm done plugging it for the 18th time okay and mike gallagher from the sandland county news will join us next and we'll talk some thumb football when you run with us on a gator utv the engine has your full attention the herd takes notice and the trail meets its match because with effortless four-wheel drive and our smoothest shifting transmission yet nothing runs like a deer Search John Deere Gator for more. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's 10 locations in Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carrow, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located in Port Huron, is a full-line distributor of industrial cutting tools, fluid power, electrical tools, and other electrical supplies, providing utility and contract-based services for more than 100 years. The company has a wide range of products that includes abrasives, automotives, ballast and lamps, boxes and closures, building products, chemicals and lubricants, electrical fittings and equipment, janitorial equipment, wire devices, and tapes and safety products. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located at 2975 Lapeer Road, or call them at 800 250-7520. Buying or selling a home? You need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs who is committed to making you the client number one. O'Connor Realty hung out its real estate sign in the city of Marysville almost 40 years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes. O'Connor Realty provides access to free, no obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees. Located at 2801 Gratiot Boulevard, Marysville, give O'Connor Realty a call at 810-364-8700. For all your real estate needs, O'Connor Realty, small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. If your windows stick, (laughs) slip, (laughs) squeak, or leak, replace them with Anderson windows with low e-glass, low maintenance exteriors, and rich wood interiors, standard and custom sizes. They can turn simple window replacement into serious home improvement. Hi, Chip Mortimer here, inviting you to experience the difference at Mortimer Lumber. Our expert staff will be here to help before, during, and after the sale. Stop by Mortimer Lumber, 24th and Lapeer Avenue in Port Huron. 
Hey guys, Brady Beaton here to let you know that TP Logos is now at their brand new location. Now located at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville, TP Logos has the largest in-stock selection of your team's spirit wear. While the location has changed, the service has not. They still will handle all of your custom screen printing and embroidery needs. Check out tplogos.com to see their vast selection of products, including Badger Sportswear, Nike, North Face, Richardson Hats, Carhartt, and more. Don't wait weeks for your gear. Get it in days with TP Logos. Start strengthening your finances. Transfer your loan to Advia and we'll cut your rate in half. Plus, make zero payments for 90 days. Members who transfer save an average of $3,400. For stronger savings, visit adviacu.org. Advia Credit Union. Real advantages for real people. Not valid on credit card, secure real estate, or commercial loans. Interest accrues at loan disbursement. Estimated 2019 member savings, effective July 1st, 2020. Subject to approval and to change any time. Floor rates and restrictions apply. Equal opportunity lender. Dura Clean by Bachelor has been faithfully serving the Blue Water area for over 25 years. Whether you are commercial or residential, if you need carpet cleaning, stain removal, upholstered furniture, drapery, or air duct cleaning, call Dura Clean by Bachelor at 810-982-7044 and talk to Mike about their aerated foam process that allows carpet and furniture to dry quickly. From pet stains to odor removal to water damage cleaning and restoration, there's only one call you need to make. Dura Clean by Bachelor, 810-982-7044. 44 Duraclean by Bachelor. Magnet International is North America's largest auto supplier and now calls the Blue Water area home. Our new plant, located on Range Road in St. Clair, will have great opportunities for all members of the community. Named to Fortune Magazine's World Most Admired Companies two years in a row, Magna offers many different career opportunities. Wages start from $17 and up. Go to magna.com forward slash careers to apply today. Again, magna.com forward slash careers to join our team and create the future of mobility together. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, let's officially welcome uh, Mike Gallagher onto the uh, program. Mike, how long have you been up in the thumb? I know you're originally from Peck. Yep, uh, originally from Peck. I've been at the Sandalac County News for uh, three years now. Yeah, I'll just push that a little bit closer in front of you. Heading into my third year. Not a radio guy, so I'm getting used <laughs> to the headset. Yep. <laughs> But uh, I've also worked at the uh, Tuscola County Advertiser, uh, the Huron County View, and the uh, Huron Daily Tribune. Uh, so kind of uh, been all around the thumb. But um, at, at Sanilac, uh, Sanilac County News, that's, uh, that's where I grew up, and that's wh- what I grew up reading. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm pretty excited to be there now. I so. have bad blood with the Tuscola County one. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They were hiring folders, people that just came in and folded the papers. Okay. And the lady wouldn't hire me. How old were you at the time? <laughs> I was working at the radio station in Carroll. I was your age. And you just needed a second I job. Just, yeah, it was, it was like, yeah, like one day a week you had to come in and, and fold the papers. And she kept, well, it's a, it, what she was, she was an older lady, and she wanted an older person that she could okay. sit there and converse with while they folded papers. She didn't want some young guy. So she not discri- that you're bit- I felt discriminated again. Yeah. Not that you're yeah. n- not that you're bitter or anything. No, right. but I needed the money, man. Rent was expensive in those. McDonald's was expensive in those days. <laughs> anyway, where do you want to start? Let's start in the BWAC. All right, because we think there's going to be a pretty good team up in the thumb this year. I mean, Croslex, 
Coach LeGros first real full year because yeah. last year he was basically coaching on the fly. Yep. I mean, he did not get a chance to implement everything. Returning quarterback, uh, returning weapons on offense. Pioneers should be one of the favorites in the BWAC, no? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you mentioned uh, Coach LeGro didn't really have a summer at all last year, and that's been a big part of this, th this, uh, this past summer, but also the fact that they've had so many people buy into the program after just one season. Um, talking with him, they've had big numbers coming out uh, to, you know, weightliftings and seven-on-sevens and such. Um, so I think that's, that's going to be a big part of it. And, you know, that first season had a lot to do with that, you know, right off the bat, they were very successful. They were right in the, the, you know, the race for the BWAC. And, uh, I think people are excited about football in Croslex right now. And, uh, you know, it should be, should be a great season for them. Uh, and I, I, I'm really excited to see what this offense can do because I mean last year it was one of the top offenses in the thumb mm -hmm. but that's with just barely scratching the surface of what that offense could potentially do well uh, the the big offense last year was North Branch yes but everybody's gone except the right. quarterback so we expect a drop off at least a little bit from from the Broncos and that's why kind of we've we've moved Croslex ahead uh in our minds even though the Broncos beat them twice last year, but it's, right. it was a different team. Right. And with North Branch, they're, they're one of those programs that, you know, sure, you're going to graduate a lot of talent, but you're going to have guys coming right up to plug into those spots. Obviously not going to be as good as a Brandon Martin or a Drake Dushetsky, but I, I think North Branch will be okay. Um, but, yeah, it, it, it's Croslex and then North Branch. It has to be this year, I think. Well, you mentioned the offense that Coach LeGrow runs. Yes. BWAC has traditionally been like old Big Ten football. Yes. Three yards in a cloud of dust. Yep. You're, you're, you're running it 60 times a game. You only throw it when you, it's third and a mile. Coach LeGrow said, nah, uh-uh, <laughs> not doing that. Not We're interested. running. We're running up to the line. If we need to air it out, we'll air it out. I got a quarterback that can sling it. We're going speed and space, baby. We are going up to the line. And kind of something that the BWAC hasn't seen a whole lot of. Right, right. And I think that's, that's why at least the first game with North Branch last year, the regular season, was such an interesting game because the play styles between the two teams are so different. And I think it took Croslex a little bit to get used to that in the first matchup. Um, but once they settled in, it ended up being a great ball game. And, you know, I think with that year, with now two games of experience against North Branch, uh, you know, Croslex is going to be better prepared going into that matchup next year. We, we think they're going to score a lot. What's yeah. their defense like? Well, their defense, um, you know, that was a pretty, pretty underrated side of the ball last year, I feel like. And, you know, that, a lot, that goes to Coach Sheridan, uh, who actually coached for Coach Grunman uh, before LeGro took over. Uh, so really one of LeGros' first great decisions was bringing him along uh, as his defensive coordinator. And it's, I, I would imagine it's, it's an extremely tough job because of the type of offense they run. The defense isn't going to get a lot of breaks, and uh, you're going to be out there quite a bit. But he's, he's really done a great job with the defense. Um, and last year, the, you know, last year it started at the defensive line. You know, you had Zach Surgeon, Carson Bowling. You're going to have to replace those guys first and foremost. 
Um, but really, that the defense was pretty solid last year. How good was Zach Surgent? Zach Surgent was awesome. <laughs> he, he was, uh, you know, I, I, I'm glad he's taking it to the next level at, at the col- at you know at uh, Madonna University um, because you could just tell that he was a college football player, and um, he was one of those guys. Um, Kind kind of similar. We were talking Drake Jasetsky, just kind of all over the field, and uh, he actually played linebacker for three years. You know, starting linebacker for three years, switches to defensive line as a senior, and does better than he had ever done the past three years at linebacker. Despite the fact that he was a great linebacker, you know, um, he was awesome. And then to have a guy like Carson Bowling on the other side, who who do you double team? Who do you triple team? Um, so that, that's going to be a big thing for Croslex. You're going to have to replace those guys. Well, you look at some of the numbers from last year. Croslex put up 38 points a game. Yeah. They put up more points in their eight games that they played than some years when they made the playoffs and played 10. They only gave up 119. That comes out to just over 14 points a game. That's perfect, yeah. You're winning a lot of ball games with yeah. that formula. And, yeah, it's easy to look at the sexy high-flying offense, but – for a three-week stretch there, they gave up 20 points in three games. Right, and that's, that, you know, that, that's huge. And um, you, you talk about the points per game on offense, and you got to keep in mind a lot of those games were over by halftime, over by mm-hmm. the third quarter. Um, but, you know, that, that, that's a big part of if your team is going to run an offense like that, you have to have the defense to back it up because – you know, obviously we haven't seen it a whole lot with Croslex, but there's a pretty pretty high potential for a three and out or a mm-hmm. short drive or you're not going to take much time off the clock if you don't score, and you've got to have that defense to back it up. And I think that played a big part in their success last year and uh, should continue this year. It seems like every few years Croslex produces – a really strong quarterback. You yes. had Grunman, you had Barrett, yep. guitar, you had guitar, guitar yeah. uh, yep. and there was somebody in between. Uh, Joey Johnson. Joey Johnson, yep. yeah. Yep. Uh, and now you've got Townsend. Yeah. By the end of this year, where is Townsend going to fit on that list? Uh, that's a tough question because it's such an impressive list. Uh, I grew up in the uh, guitar era, mm-hmm. uh, and he was he was impressive. Thankfully, we never had to play Croslex, hmm. but uh, Grunman was – Phenomenal. Uh, Johnson was a really talented player, and they just didn't really have the type of success as a team. But, I mean, Townsend, he, he, he might end up being the best out of all of them. And it's really hard to say that, not because he's not great, but because of how great all those other quarterbacks were. But just what, what we were talking with the potential of the offense, the numbers that he put up last year – with just the base offense, mm-hmm. barely barely even getting into what that offense can do, uh, just a phenomenal season passing and running the ball, and I think I think he's in for a big season. And honestly, he could end up being the thumb player of the year. You know, uh, last year it was Martin from North Branch. Maybe this year it's Townsend uh, from Croslex, but. Oh, I, I, what, what do you guys think? You guys, you guys have seen all those quarterbacks yeah, I, I, as well. I've, I've seen all of them right. play, and they are all really good. Uh, I'm, a, I'm biased on one thing because I watched Guitar play a playoff game with a cast on his arm yeah. and still 
do wonderful against Swan Valley. Yeah. They didn't win the game, but for a kid that was playing quarterback with one arm. Right. Like, he really had a good night. So, uh, well, and we'll have to wait and see. But Grunman was a little bit before my time, but he was, you know, he kind of kicked off that, that cross yeah. run of great and, and I saw Cam Barrett play, and he was really That's, yep, good. Yep, yeah. yep, yep. So um, it's so it, it's hard to say not because you know he's not going to be the best quarterback in the whole thumb this year, but it's just because of how great those other quarterbacks are. All right, so so, so every year, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say you, we he's been doing so many seven on sevens. Yep, he's you can tell Coach Legros wants to get that offense in. It seems like every time they go to one, we get a new video of Sage Slanick yeah. making yeah. some oh. incredible yeah. catch. Yeah. And I went and saw him in person, and he's the one guy, like, because obviously you can't tell who's who in, in plank T-shirts right. and shorts and a helmet. Right. And I'm like, that kid stands out. Yeah. And I'm like, and Coach Legault came over to me. I'm like, who's that? He's like, that's Sage. I'm like, of course it is. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's in for a big season. Last year it was uh, Slanik and Isaac Lerma, and just a fantastic duo because of Lerma's speed. You know, he was the deep ball threat. And, you know, obviously you're going to have to replace that. But everything that I've seen from Sage this summer, he's going to be a fantastic receiver this year. And, uh, you know, you're going to have to put some guys around him, obviously, because other schools are going to know that he's Mm -hmm. the guy now. But, you know, he's in for a big season. And he was, uh, during the basketball season, one of those guys that just really athletic and just just did his job and – knew what he was supposed to do out there and I think he he's in for a big season as well you know I we keep saying that about everything related to Crosslex <laughs> but I mean him him and Townsend they're 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 both in for a really big season yeah and if coach has anything to do with it they'll live up to the hype yeah well, um, yeah so every year the team that people always want to hype to me is Armada and every year they get two or three quick wins mm-hmm. and then fade away. Should I buy into the hype this year on the Armada Tigers? You know, I, I, I kind of have the same feeling. I always, it always seems like they're right on the verge of big things. Um, and I think they even played Cross-Lex kind of close last year. Um, I can but pull that. I know they almost – was it – no, it was they North almost Branch. Beat North Branch. Okay, it was yeah. North yeah. Branch. Yeah, they yeah. lost 28-21. Yeah. So, I mean, the potential's there. I just – I don't know what they have to do to get over the hump. And I think the, the, fact, the fact is the BWAC is so tough that you got to bring it every single week, uh, especially with a team – you know, even the, the bottom of the BWAC is improving so much that, uh, you know – I, I, I think they, they do have potential, but um, they're, they're not quite to the top echelon of the BWAC yet. Well, it seems like the BWAC never goes as planned. Every Correct. week there's a game that Correct. is just like that. Just like, like we said, North Branch losing or almost losing to Armada. No one saw Armada upsetting no. Richmond last year. Right, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. it just seems like every week there's a different uh, – crazy thing and I can never figure out MLA City I went like two and six picking them last MLA year. MLA City yeah they they're uh they're kind of interesting because they co-op with Dryden mm-hmm. yeah. uh Dryden that really helped them that definitely helped them that that definitely they, they they boosted their numbers and uh it seemed like it was really working out pretty well for them um but uh the the BWAC is just so tough like it the, Getting, getting that influx of talent is nice, but it's still not quite enough 
but they, they have a great coach at Emily City, and uh, I do think they're headed in the right direction. Um, but it's just so hard to find wins in the BWAC. Almont well, missed so many games last year. Correct. It's hard to, to know about them. But prior to last season, they were the team to beat in the BWAC for two, three years. Correct. And that's, that was a game that we missed out on last year was Cross-Lex-Almont. We, we didn't get that game in. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, it's hard to say how good they would have been last year, Almont. Um, but that, that's a game that I'm really looking forward to is Cross-Lex-Almont because Almont is the top of the BWAC. You know, that's, they kind of set the standard in the BWAC, and they have for a long time. And uh, I, I don't know how that game would have went last year if Cross-Lex and Almont played. Um, but I have a feeling that Almont's going to be playing pretty tough uh, to uh, send a message to Cross-Lex, you know. Yeah, for reference, Almont's last losing season was 2005. Yeah, see that? Yeah, they – And how, how many deep playoff runs in that I time? Mean, I mean, I'm just going through the finals in 2019 – uh, they waited the semifinals in 2014, semifinals in 2011, regional finals in 2008. Yeah. Yeah. So they're, they're the standard. And, you know, last, last year, we don't know what they would have been. And, you know, with, with COVID and everything, it, it was so hard to put a season together. Um, but I have a feeling they'll be right back at the top again yeah, this year. Like I said, they, they missed a ton of games. Mm-hmm. I think when they played the North Branch game, they were missing a ton of players. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And it was just before they had a stoppage to their season. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just hard to tell. But you just figure they're always good, so they'll be good again this right, year. Right, right, exactly. Where do you put Richmond? Richmond's got to be right in the mix, right? I mean, they're – they. Last year is such a hard year to go off. Right. I mean, how do you go with your coach, you know, going through what Coach Coker went through and as a team just to stay focused and and then you get away from all the emotional stuff, just the logistics of having not knowing is your coach going to be there, things like that, going up and down. They're like Almont. It's hard to judge anything off of last year. Right. And I think we're going to end up saying that about a lot of teams. You know, last year was just so crazy. Like, you can't put too much stock into last year just because of all the stoppage and uh, no summer and just – and, yeah, Richmond's a perfect example of that. But um, they're, they're a team that has a lot of great skill position players, and, uh, you know, that's, that's going to be big in the BWAC. Well, like, they, they struggled in the regular season. Then they get to the playoffs. They play a 4-2 and two Lutheran North team. And just kick the doors down on yeah, them. Yep. They win a playoff game. And you're like, oh, may- maybe they weren't as bad as we thought. I mean, their losses a three point loss to Almont. They Croslex and North Branch kind of took care of business against them. But the last second field goal against Armada, and then they lost to Corona. It was only 27-10. It's not like they got embarrassed in in their playoff game. It's yeah. And Corona would go to, on to lose to Frankenmuth, who everyone lost to Frankenmuth. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, Frankenmuth's been the area killer. Yeah, yeah, they've they've been they've been uh, putting together a great program over there, and they've had some great battles in the playoffs with Elmont. Uh, not not this past year, but in recent years, and uh, they're they're really building something special over there in uh, Frankenmuth. Well, I want to say they've taken out Marine City, Elmont, yep. Algonac, yep. and Richmond, maybe, maybe one other team yeah, in yep. like the last five, five six years. Mm-hmm. And you know they're. They're such a physical team, and they're so good at what they do that, um, you know, the, the, the run offense that they run 
um, that by the time playoffs roll around, they're an extremely dangerous team because they've had all season to get into that rhythm. And, you know, once they get to the playoffs, then they're extremely dangerous. And, and they play in a good league, too, so they that do. gets them ready. That Tri-Valley East has some good teams. Yeah, yeah. The, the, one of the conferences that changes on almost a yearly basis, the Tri-Valley Conference. But, yeah, a lot, a lot of great programs in that Tri-Valley East. And, you know, that I, I believe the past few years they've ended the regular season with Freeland, correct? Yeah. So, I mean, go, going into the playoffs – playing a game like that you know that you can't really prepare yourself much better than that all right so not to put you on the spot but I'm going to put you on the spot if you had to pick a winner today um preseason who do you like in the BWAC who's your front runner uh it's uh, I'm obviously a little bit biased but <laughs> it, it's it's got to be Croslex um just because of the potential that's there and the fact that people are buying into this program. And again, like we said, we don't know how they'll match up with Almont. And that, that's going to be a big one, uh, as will North Branch. Um, but in terms of the rest of the BWAC, I don't see much issue for them. It's just it, those are going to be two humongous games. And the fact that North Branch is week two, correct? Yeah. I mean, that's you're going to have to hit the ground running because that's – that's a game that could decide the BWAC, and it's in week two. Well, you talk about week two. They're not – Croslex in the non-conference did not take it easy. No. They have no, they Williamston <laughs> week one. Yeah. You're, ain't, you're not thinking about North Branch week two when you have Williamson no. week one and then Essexville-Garber in week nine. Croslex could be a really good team, but I wouldn't be shocked if they were 6-3 and three through the regular season right. just because right. how tough it is. Those two non-conference games are nowhere near gimmies. No, absolutely not. And, you know, Essexville-Garber has maybe the most coveted defensive line prospect in the state of Michigan right now. And the type of defensive line uh, prospect that could, you know, cause some problems for a spread hurry-up offense, you know. Um, but, yeah, Williamston. And, you know, that, that's, that's credit to Coach LeGros because, yeah, if you do finish 6-3 and – um, that's that's you're in the playoffs that's great but mm -hmm. you've had that experience against two probably playoff teams in Williamston and Garber and that that's really what's important you know they they, they could have picked up a gimme game week one mm -hmm. and scored you know 70 points on on whatever team they picked up but why not pick up a team that you're actually going to get a challenge from and you know get you get Get yourself ready for that North Branch game because well, that, that's that, going to be huge. That's the other thing. It helps you more to know what you have to beat later on down the road when the right. games really matter. Right, exactly, yeah. 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 Um, I'm a little nervous now about uh, week nine because I don't want uh, Townsend out of the lineup for a playoff game two uh, years in yeah. a row. <laughs> right, well, yeah, that, that, was, that was really unfortunate last year, what went down with that. And, you know, it's no, nobody's, nobody's fault. It just – just chalk it up to COVID like we had to do it. Yep. Yep. And, but that kind of gives you a glimpse into how important he is to this team and to this offense. I mean, that, that first time they played North branch, that was a ball game all the way till the end. And then the playoff game without Townsend, not even a game. And that, that's really the only thing that changed was mm -hmm. a different quarterback. Mm -hmm. And uh, as unfortunate as that was, it kind of, you know, lets you know how important he is to this team. I think the only other thing with the BWAC is we need to get Yale back on track. 
That would be great. And uh, the, it's kind of interesting. I don't know if you guys have heard who their new head coach is yep. over there. Uh, that that that's gonna be awesome. That's gonna add another element to the uh, Croslex Yale rivalry. And uh, if there's anyone that could get Yale back on track, it's him. You know, I think it's it's unfortunate to see how far Yale has fallen in the past couple of years um, because they have so much potential there, and they're such a a classic BWAC team. And uh, you know, it's gonna be exciting to see what they do. Maybe, maybe not year one, just because you know they were so down last year. But uh, I think that that's a team that could, uh, you know, end up being a contender in a couple of years here. I hope so. All right, well, we take a break here, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about the uh, GTC East, um, both last year and what to expect uh, this year in a league that has primarily been dominated by. Two and a half teams yes. for the last, <laughs> yeah. what, 15 years? Yes, yes. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll talk about that with uh, Mike Gallagher in just a moment. When you run with us on a Gator UTV, the engine has your full attention. The herd takes notice. And the trail meets its match. Because with effortless four-wheel drive and our smoothest shifting transmission yet, nothing runs like a deer. Search John Deere Gator for more. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's 10 locations in Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carrow, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located in Port Huron, is a full-line distributor of industrial cutting tools, fluid power, electrical tools, and other electrical supplies, providing utility and contract-based services for more than 100 years. The company has a wide range of products that includes abrasives, automotives, ballast and lamps, boxes and closures, building products, chemicals and lubricants, electrical fittings and equipment, janitorial equipment, wire devices, and tapes and safety products. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located at 2975 Lapeer Road, or call them at 800 800- 250-7520. Neiman's Family Market, located in St. Clair, is family-owned and operated and involved in the community. Neiman's has created a shopping experience providing a variety of quality products, specialty items, with superior customer service. Whatever your grocery needs are, from meats, bulk food, bakery items, produce, or even floral, Neiman's Family Market has what you will need. Entertaining? Neiman's has a full deli, and they do party trays. Check out our new mobile website and see weekly specials, coupons, and recipes. Open 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. all week long. Visit Neiman's Family Market in St. Clair. You'll be glad you did. Do you have the right financial advisor to help you reach your goals? Ameriprise Advisors can create a personalized, goal-based plan to help you prepare for whatever life brings so you can feel more confident about your financial future. Call Ameriprise Financial Advisor Dave Betts today at 810-987-5370. That's 810-987-5370. Office is located at 527 Huron Avenue, Port Huron, Michigan. Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC. Member FINRA and SIPC. Start strengthening your finances. Transfer your loan to Advia and we'll cut your rate in half. Plus, make zero payments for 90 days. Members who transfer save an average of $3,400. For stronger savings, visit adviacu.org. Advia Credit Union. Real advantages for real people. Not valid on credit card, secure real estate, or commercial loans. Interest accrues at loan disbursement. Estimated 2019 member savings, effective July 1st, 2020. Subject to approval and to change any time. Floor rates and restrictions apply. Equal opportunity lender. 
Having car trouble? Look no further than Marysville Goodyear. Located at 291 Range Road, Marysville Goodyear will take care of all your automotive needs. They know that just one visit to them will make you a customer for life. Whether it's a tune-up or tire rotation, consistency is the name of the game for the folks at Marysville Goodyear. Need tires? Marysville Goodyear is a certified dealer of Goodyear, Dunlop, and Kelly tires, and they stock tires for cars, trucks, SUVs, and more. Give them a call today at 810-364-4700. Marysville Goodyear, where your satisfaction is our guarantee. Looking for that perfect first vehicle for your kid's Sweet 16? Maybe you just want a quality vehicle at a fair price. Whatever your needs are, Jepson Car Company will take care of you. Located at 5277 Gratiot Avenue in St. Clair, Jepson has a wide variety of pre-owned vehicles that can fit your budget. With a great selection for first-time car buyers, check out their website at jepsoncarco.com. That's J-E-P-S-O-N-C-A-R-C-O.com. Or give them a call at 810-662-3048 to find the perfect ride. We welcome you to make Port Huron Schools your district of choice. Your child will experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region at Port Huron Schools. We specialize in providing personalized success for all students because each Port Huron Schools journey is unique and special. This year, more than ever, we truly appreciate our families and would like to thank them for their continued support. Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. Magnet International would like to thank the Blue Water area for welcoming us into their community. We are excited to put our roots down in this beautiful, growing area. As the largest auto supplier in North America, we are thrilled to call Blue Water area home and look forward to many, many years in this wonderful community. Our brand new facility is located off of Range Road in St. Clair, Michigan. Magna is a proud sponsor of Blue Water area high school athletics. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, welcome back. Talking thumb football with Mike Gallagher from the Sandlack County uh, News. Uh, the GTC East is a conference that we like to cover and talk about on the show, but we absolutely never get to see any of these teams um, play. And there are some programs uh in ubley and harbor beach who all they do is win yeah. harbor beach wins the gtc east every year ubley gets to the semifinals at least every year it seems like yeah yeah and it's just those programs are built on such tradition that i have a feeling that it'll continue that way for a very long time uh ubley ubley's gone through a couple of different coaching changes over the years but nothing's really changed with the way they do things. And with Harbor Beach, you got a coach like Troy Schelke and an assistant coach in Ron Rubel that have been there forever, you know. And uh, that's – they're they're they're, uh, they're the top of the greater thumb east, and they're, they, they always prove it every year with, uh, you know, deep playoff runs and, you know, a lot of regular season success. Well, Ubley got to the uh, finals last year. Yeah, here's did. a stat for you. Since 2003, they've made the semifinals seven times. <laughs> Basically every so that's what seven times in seventeen eighteen seasons. Okay, so every three years they're in the semifinals. Better than like yeah, you have a pretty good chance if you go to Ubley and you play two years on varsity, you have pretty good odds you're playing in a semifinal game. Well, and the thing with Ubley is they don't do anything crazy. 
it's it's the wing T. You're you're mm-hmm. taking you're taking the wing T offense all the way to the state semifinals. Like how I I I, I don't understand it. But because nobody just, else is doing it anymore, <laughs> and they don't know how to stop well, it. Right. Look at Marine City. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, they've at least modernized the, the it coaches, a bit. What we hear stories all the time: the coaches calling other coaches, going, "How do we defend this?" Yeah, yeah, it's 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 really bizarre. But it, it really just comes down to they've been doing it for so long, and it's just been bred into that program. You know, even going back to uh, Coach Herp days. I mean, that it's it's a program that's just built on tradition. And, you know, even even when they're not great during the regular season, they just always seem to turn it on for playoffs. And it's just – they just flip that switch. Uh, last year, uh, the only ugly game I caught last year, they lost to Sandusky. And I'm pretty sure Sandusky won by a couple scores. 38-20, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, to see a team then go on to the state semifinals after seeing them lose by 18 points, it's just – it's really impressive. Well, I think us being the idiots down here and not seeing them play, they started off one and two. Right. They lose by two right. to Harbor Beach. They beat Memphis, which yeah. was expected. Then they right. lose to Sandusky, and I think we both kind of went, all right, Ubley's down this year, and kind of forgot about them. Yeah. And then they'd go on to win, what, nine straight games yeah. and make a semifinal? Well, and that's, that's extremely tough to have Harbor Beach and Sandusky as – two of your first three games because those are those were the two top teams in the conference last year and yeah you got Memphis you know squeezed in there in the middle but that was a game that I believe it was basically a JV game that, that I believe that was the last game before Memphis dropped varsity yeah. so I mean you're not really getting much out of a game like that either so I think you know once they got through those first three games yeah they could finally settle in and do what they do and I mean especially with the long second stoppage that we got during the football season. Mm-hmm. It was impressive to see Ubley just come back and, you know, keep doing it. You know, that's uh, COVID hit the GTCs pretty hard last year because Memphis only played a handful of games. Mm-hmm. Uh, KPAC didn't play in league. I think they got a game or two they in played at the like end Mooney of the season. At the they, end. Yeah, yeah, I, I – yeah, I'm – was that a varsity game? Yeah, was that was they, it was like they the only eleven. They played like yeah. one eight-man game okay. too. I think they were just mixing and matching for every yeah. just to get the kids on the field. Well, and it's unfortunate to see a season go that way when you can't have a varsity. But it's nice to see you know them at least try and keep something together so that you know so that they don't miss out on that whole year. You know, yeah. at least at least put something together for the end of the season. But uh, yeah, KPAC Memphis they're. They're, they're, they're right at the bottom, and, you know, you, you'd like to say that they're, you know, on the verge of breaking through for something. But, you know, realistically, when, when I was in school, Memphis was in the NCTL, and I, I personally think they should have went eight-man with the rest of the NCTL because I don't know what it is. It's just so tough for them to get anything well, going now they're there. co-oping yeah. with Landmark. Are they and, really? they're and it like, makes them a D5 school. Does it really? Yes. Yeah. See that, so they won't let them play eight man. Right. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Uh, well, and how many kids are you picking up from Landmark? I mean, very probably many, I a couple think. hundred though. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Enrollment wise, but like but, how many? Yeah. <laughs> right. But like I mean, think about how, how many are playing. But think about right, the difference right. between the smallest D five and the biggest D seven. It's what a hundred some kids. Yeah. Yeah. There's a hundred some kids that go to Landmark. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know how many are playing before we get off it. Give us a few names from Ubley that we should expect to see in box scores this year because, like you said, 
didn't get to a lot of games, and sometimes stats are hard to come by. Yeah, well, the biggest one for Ubley is uh, Evan Peruski. He was a starting freshman quarterback last year and uh, probably one of the most athletic players for the team last year. Um, A really, really fast kid. And when you have a quarterback that can make plays out of the wing tee, that's that's pretty special. And, uh, you know, Ubley's one of those teams similar to North Branch. They lose a lot of their their best players from last year. Um, But again, they're they're one of those programs that sure you're going to lose your two starting running backs and your fullback or you're going to lose players across the offensive line but you know they have kids that are just chopping at the bit to get their chance to step up into that role but um i for with for ugly it, it it starts with Evan Peruski and he's he's going to he's going to be the guy this year and it'll be interesting to see um what type of things they do with him this year maybe you know being being a freshman quarterback um you know you don't really get that much of a leash you know to kind of go out there and do you know what you want to do so it'll be interesting to see what he develops into and uh what type of plays he can make for ugly this year he's got a brother too right that was a receiver I, last I believe year? so, yeah. Perus, uh, there's probably a bunch of Peruskis <laughs> over in Ubley, honestly, yeah. And, uh, was it Helensky was Hel- – Carson Oleski, w- w- yeah. Will they, will they miss him more as a running back or as a defender? Because he, he was, was really good really on the other good side of the defender, ball. yeah. You know, it, it's hard to say. I, 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 would, I would be inclined to lean towards the fact that they'll miss him more on defense just because of the nature of the wing tee. Um, you know, you're going to be able to plug somebody in at that position, at the running back position. Um, but, yeah, what he did on defense, that that's going to be really hard to replace. Uh, every few years, Sandusky jumps into the mix and yes. has a really strong team. Yep. They had a really good team last year. Yep. Is it a one-year thing, or are the Redskins going to be solid again? The thing, the thing I've noticed with Sandusky is that it kind of kind of goes in waves. You know, they'll they'll have a really a really strong sophomore class, and you know they'll they'll get a lot of playing time. They'll take their lumps. They'll have a pretty good junior season. And then that senior season is the payoff. You know, they have, you know, guys with three years of varsity experience. And that, that's what last year was for Sandusky. That, that was the payoff year. That, that whole team was seniors. It, it was ridiculous how much experience that team had, um, especially across the offensive line. Um, every, every player except one was a senior on the offensive line last year. Wow. And the, the one, uh, he was the center, uh, starting center was a sophomore and it's going to be tough to replace the offensive line. That's the biggest thing. And, um, they, the, the running backs for, uh, Sandusky, they last year they it was a three-headed monster with Wedge, uh, Franzel, and uh, Martin Tovar, and um, Martin Tovar is the only one returning. And so this year it'll it's going to be on him. It, it'll be it'll be his his game. And uh, he he had a a couple of he's already had a couple of really impressive seasons. Um, two years ago when Wedge had uh, he was the thumb player of the year. Mm-hmm. It was him and Tovar because Franzel was injured. For most of the season and then last year it was all three of them and it was it was really impressive to see to finally see all three of those guys get to play together 
Um, but now it, it'll be, it'll just be Tovar, but similar to Ubley, you're going to have kids step up and the, you know, St. St. Dusky focuses on that wing T offense as well. Um, so they're, they're going to have some kids step up, but the biggest thing is going to be the offensive line. And that's, that's something that you don't just replace overnight. You don't just plug somebody in, especially with a run heavy offense like that. But, you know, I, I, I think Sandusky will be right in the mix of it just because they are so good at what they do now. Jacobson's been there for a few years, and, you know, maybe the drop-off won't be as hard as it's been in the past years when you lose a talented senior class like this. Their last game last year against Cass City. A classic. Tough it, way to lose, though. Uh, it, and it's, it's every time it's Sandusky and Cass City. And Sandusky, you know, to their credit, came up on the winning side of it a few years back. But just an extremely tough draw for Sandusky. You know, Sandusky had one of its best seasons ever, you know, even with it just being a six-game six regular season, to have to play a team like Cass City. It's that, that was an extremely tough draw. And then you yeah, have to go to Cass City. Yeah, weren't they the three-seed when they were undefeated and they were yes. the three-seed in their district? Yeah, yep. Yeah, nah, I remember. Jeez. Yeah, yeah, wasn't there like three 9-0 teams in that district? Yep. Yeah, it was. Or yeah, they were 6-0. and Cass City was 6-0. and And who was the other one? Sandusky played St. Charles. I want to say. Uh, who did Cass City play in the district final? Hold on. I have to the technology. Hemlock. Oh yeah, yeah, Hemlock. <laughs> yeah, because Sandusky plastered St. Charles. That yeah, was that was nothing. yeah, yeah, and that was you know one of the examples of you know with with the way the season set up last year, having everyone make it in. Yeah, that was cool, but then you end up with a game like that, a fifty-four nothing. That was every first round. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, now this year they don't have any time to figure it out either. Saginaw Nouvelle is their opener. Right, then right. they have a stretch where they go Bad Axe, Harbor Beach, Ubley in the middle of the season. That's brutal. Yeah. Because, you know, Bad Axe is one, you know, Bad Axe has improved so much over the past couple of years. And that's, that's a game that, that could go either way. And Nouvelle, that, they played at Sandusky a couple of years ago. And it was such an interesting game because of, how different the two teams were and Sandusky matched up pretty well because you know they could run the ball on Nouvelle but defensively they couldn't stop Nouvelle so that that's that's an incredibly tough way to start the season um but it, it'll be valuable because you're not going to see another team throw the ball like Nouvelle is yeah uh, before we take a break what do we need to know about Marlette and Brown City um, so I'll start with Brown City, uh, just because I just got a, a, a quick note on them. They're actually switching over to the air raid offense this year. Oh. And you don't see that very often around the thumb. And uh, running the air raid offense will be Gaden Muxlow, who is coming back to play football this year. Uh, obviously a basketball star at Brown City. Um, they, in the past, they ran uh, the – the double wing type, a uh, lot, lot of motion and stuff. And when, when it was running well, it was, it, was pretty, it was a pretty solid offense. But when it was bad, it was really bad. And, you know, I'm interested to see, you know, how the air raid is going to work uh, around here because that's, that's another one. It could go really well or it could go really poorly. Um, but I think Brown City has the athletes to run it this year. And, you know, they should be pretty good. And uh, Marlette, they might 
I, I know we talked earlier, Marlette, you know, in the mix usually, but they, they, they struggle with the bigger games against Harbor Beach and Ubley. But this year might be Marlette's year in the Greater Thumb East. They, uh, they had four, four seniors last year. That was it. And they, they, they started the year 3-0. and um, They had uh, Jason Tenbush at quarterback. And uh, with Marlette, they run a lot of read option, a lot of spread stuff. And uh, it, when you have that quarterback to run the offense, it's, it's nearly unstoppable. And that's kind of how the season started for Marlette last year. They started off 3-0, and um, beating Brown City. Um, and uh, they, they picked up a game with Algonac. And, you know, a, a really great start to the season. And then in game four, they play Caro, and Tenbush gets injured. And you see how tough it is to run that offense without the quarterback in place. They end up losing that game, and he kind of struggles with injuries for the rest of the season. Um, but this year, um, he's back at quarterback, and Grant Roberson and Travis Fuller, his two receivers, they're both going to have huge seasons. Tra- Travis Fuller Travis Fuller might be one of the best football players in the thumb this year, both offensively and defensively, special teams. He's, he's just a playmaker. And, you know, with that duo and with Ten Bush back at quarterback – um, the 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 offense is going to be fine. The, the the on the defensive side of the ball, they're going to have to continue improving. Uh, a couple years ago, they gave up 35 points a game. Uh, last year, they improved uh, a little bit, um, but kind of got hammered towards the end of the season. Um, but Mar- Marlette could potentially be a sleeper just because they had so much. Uh, you know, they 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 only had the four seniors last year. So they gained a lot of experience last year, and um, that's a team that could potentially make some noise in the East. I do want to give you a quick second to talk about Harbor Beach sure. because you look last year and they were 4-4, four and four, but their losses, Sandusky, Cass City, uh, Unionville Seabowing, and then the forfeit to Beecher, which prevented us from having an ugly Harbor Beach rematch. Which, yeah, because Harbor Beach is going to be Beecher. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, uh, <laughs> Those are uh, some impressive names there. I think uh, Cass City and Sandusky last year were two of the you know best teams in the area, obviously. And just uh, Cass City was so similar to Sandusky in their play style. They're going to just hammer the ball. They're going to run it, you know, 70 times. And uh, I think that that caused some matchup problems for Harbor Beach. And you could say the same for USA. They kind of focus on the same type of offense, just running the ball. And, uh, you know, Harbor Beach they had a great quarterback last year in Dylan Kadar, um, but not necessarily all the other pieces that you need to beat the upper echelon of teams that you just rattled yeah. off there. Yeah. And when they lost, they, they lost. But when they won, right. they won. It was right. Jekyll or Hyde for them. Yeah. And who – do they have Cass City again this uh, year? Yeah. They have – their non-conference games are Bad Axe, Cass City, and Unionville Seabwing. Yeah. Have fun. Right. Yeah, that's <laughs> – that's the, the Greater Thumb West is just so scary. Like th- there's a, any team it could end up winning the West this year, and you know they're all. It seems like in the past couple of years they've done very well in the crossover like, games. Harbor Beach could be five and four, make the playoffs, and might be the favorite in their first round game, right. judging by this schedule. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. All right, we're gonna take a break, and then we're gonna talk about eight man which um, I actually, I, I'm a, uh, 
a a silent eight man fan. Perfect. I I, I like eight yeah, man. Yeah, I'm a big fan as well. Football. Yeah, yep. I I haven't seen as many games as I would have liked to, but the games that I have seen, uh, just a lot of fun. And we'll talk about eight man football and the thumb in just a moment. Buying or selling a home? You need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs who is committed to making you the client number one. O'Connor Realty hung out its real estate sign in the city of Marysville almost 40 years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes. O'Connor Realty provides access to free, no-obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees. Located at 2801 Gratiot Boulevard, Marysville, give O'Connor Realty a call at 810 364 87 for all your real estate needs, O'Connor Realty. Small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. Hi, Chip Mortimer here. So much depends on your roof. Mortimer Lumber proudly features the Landmark Series Shingle from CertainTeed Roofing. Landmark Shingles come in many colors to surely enhance the look of your home. Landmark Shingles offer a limited lifetime warranty, so you can be assured your roof will last for generations to come. Stop by Mortimer Lumber at 24th and Lapeer in Port Huron. Our expert staff will be glad to help answer all of your questions. Mortimer Lumber has locations in Port Huron, Emily City, Sandusky, and Bad Axe. Neiman's Family Market, located in St. Clair, is family-owned and operated and involved in the community. Neiman's has created a shopping experience providing a variety of quality products, specialty items, with superior customer service. Whatever your grocery needs are, from meats, bulk food, bakery items, produce, or even floral, Neiman's Family Market has what you will need. Entertaining? Neiman's has a full deli, and they do party trays. Check out our new mobile website and see weekly specials, coupons, and recipes. Open 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. all week long. Visit Neiman's Family Market in St. Clair. You'll be glad you did. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County has been serving the community for over 30 years. Located at 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, overhead doors are the premier choice for durability, serviceability, and hassle-free performance for commercial and industrial doors. Overhead doors boasts a complete selection of performance and safety-tested commercial and industrial upward-acting doors and manufacture a wide array of styles to meet your needs. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County, 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, call 810 Hey guys, Brady Beaton here to let you know that TP Logos is now at their brand new location. Now located at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville, TP Logos has the largest in-stock selection of your team's spirit wear. While the location has changed, the service has not. They still will handle all of your custom screen printing and embroidery needs. Check out tplogos.com to see their vast selection of products, including Badger Sportswear, Nike, North Face, Richardson Hats, Carhartt, and more. Don't wait weeks for your gear. Get it in days with TP Logos. Having car trouble? Look no further than Marysville Goodyear. Located at 291 Range Road, Marysville Goodyear will take care of all your automotive needs. They know that just one visit to them will make you a customer for life. Whether it's a tune-up or tire rotation, consistency is the name of the game for the folks at Marysville Goodyear. Need tires? Marysville Goodyear is a certified dealer of Goodyear, Dunlop, and Kelly tires, and they stock tires for cars, trucks, SUVs, and more. Give them a call today at 810-364-4700. Marysville Goodyear, where your satisfaction is our guarantee. 
We welcome you to make Port Huron Schools your district of choice. Your child will experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region at Port Huron Schools. We specialize in providing personalized success for all students because each Port Huron Schools journey is unique and special. This year, more than ever, we truly appreciate our families and would like to thank them for their continued support. Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, welcome back. Mike Gallagher from the uh, Sandlake County News joining us to talk thumb football. And, of course, up in the thumb they play that silly game called eight-man <laughs> yes. football, and I and we love, love it. it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but here's something that I've noticed, Mike, is that in the beginning – you had a lot of <laughs> 70 to 50 games. Yes. Yep. Now, some teams have figured it out, and we're getting a lot of 70 to nothing games. Right, right. And it was so, it was so crazy when it all kind of first started because you saw that a lot, and you saw a lot of numbers that, that you know, when, when, when teams first started going to eight-man and the people that were against it, they would see games like that and be like, oh, yeah, that's not football. And you're right. It has changed a lot. And I think uh, a lot of teams have figured out how to run more of the traditional offenses in eight player, which at the beginning wasn't that easy. But uh, right right now, it's the greatest thing about eight man, like over the past few years, is seeing how much more legitimate it has become. And every year, there's you know quite a few teams moving to playing eight man. And, you know, it, it really saved football for a lot of, a lot of schools uh, in the state of Michigan. Um, I think in the thumb. I, absolutely in the Carson thumb, Carsonville, yeah. Port Sandlack, yep. Caseville, yep. Peck, uh, Akron, Peck. Fairgrove, yeah. Peck. Yeah. They, they probably wouldn't have teams anymore. And that would be a shame because for a long time, Peck was, you know, a, a really respectable program. Yeah. And uh, I, I actually played on the last 11-man team at Peck, and it was awful. It was terrible. <laughs> yeah, how it, many kids did you have on your team? We had maybe two or three guys on the bench, and, you know, that's not realistic. You, you can't you – It's not can't, safe. No, it's not safe, and it's – you're not going to win when every player is playing both sides of the ball. And, you know, my, my, my senior year when we played 11-man – there were there was already a few teams that had switched to eight man, so we put together a schedule that's just again something that's not not realistic. You can't be playing. We we would open with Brown City and close with Marlette, and it's like that's not realistic anymore. Yeah, those were great rivalries back in the day, but that's not what it's like anymore. And you know you got to give a lot of credit to CPS because they kind of spearheaded the whole eight man movement in Michigan. And, you know, there was a lot of people that were against it, and there was a lot of people that didn't think it was real football. And, you know, it's really turned into something that's really impressive to the point where now we have two eight-man divisions, which, you know, if you would have said that 10 years ago, it would have sounded crazy. Well, I mean, I get the point that you want to play 11-man. But you look at Peck's enrollment. When they made the jump, they had 156 kids. Right. That's the school. Cut that in half. Now you have 75 boys to pick from. Yeah. And then now divide that by class. You're saying you have 20 kids in a class. Right. 
and how many of those go out for football. Exactly. And it's, it, it gets to the point where it's, it's not even fun because you just know you're going to lose. Like, mm-hmm. what? yeah, okay, yeah, you could stick around and keep playing 11-man and, you know – but what's the point? You're not going to win. What's, what, yeah, well, I what's mean, the fun in that? Memphis is a good example. Like, right, right. They can't get a lot of kids out to football because why would you want to? Exactly. And then it becomes a bigger problem where you can't buck the trend of losing because you can't get people out because all you do is lose. It's, it's a vicious cycle, you know. But, um, yeah, I, I, eight man, it, it's, it's really turned into something special in the state of Michigan. And, you know, the thumb – the thumb was at the forefront of it. You yeah. Know? The, first, oh, the first, what, four champs? First. Four. Yeah. Well, four, officially first, three. Right. Yeah, officially three. But yes. really CBS it's has four. two titles, and that's I'm sticking to it. Yeah. I, 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 <laughs> I, I, I'm agreeable to that. That's fair. Um, but, yeah, then you see Pack and Deckerville. They have their runs. And, you know, uh, a, lot of, a lot of the other schools in the state have caught up. But Peck and Deckerville still two of the most consistent consistently successful teams in uh, eight-player football. Deckerville should probably have two titles. What the, yeah. They've been to the finals three times, yes. and the last time what the game ended with them at, at the five-yard line or something yeah, like that. Yeah, that was uh, – I, I wasn't – I didn't actually cover Deckerville at the time, but that was – Ah, uh, I that that was a, they played Central Lake. Central or Lake, thirty-two yeah. thirty was the final. Oh man, and Central and I, I Lake, think the guy got tackled at the five, yeah. and they just didn't have enough time to get up and run another. Yeah, play. yep, that was tough. And then the other one, they ran into that Powers North Central team. Yeah, the yeah. Bionic that, quarterback. Yeah, I mean that was just <laughs> you, you didn't have a shot at that one. But yeah, I mean you talk about points. Let's talk about Deckerville. Twenty seventeen. That was the year they lost to Central Lake. They put up 616 points in 13 games. See, and that's that's the the thing the thing that I, I like so much about Deckerville is that they switched from 11 player to eight player, but nothing changed with their scheme and how they play football. Deckerville football is we're gonna run it, run it, run it, run it, run it, run it, and then we're gonna do a play action to a tight end who's gonna be wide open 60 yards down the field, and it they just they figured out how to make that work in eight man. And it's the, right. the success is just built upon itself. Well, before they went to eight man, they had made the playoffs 16 out of 19 years yeah. in 11 player. Yeah. And then haven't missed since eight man. I know to miss an eight man, you have to go like, oh, and nine. Yeah, you got to be. So bad, that's yeah. a little skewed if we're right. being fair. Right. But still, it seems like they win two playoff games every year. Yeah. Well, and Deckerville was one of the – Deckerville and Peck were both really adamant about not going eight-man. And I believe Deckerville's last year in eight-man, 2011, they actually missed the playoffs. Yes, in 2011 they went five and four and didn't make the playoffs. They actually lost their last three games right. in that year. And they were playing Marlette, our Ubley, and Armada. Right, and see that's – when, when you know, you, you have to put together a schedule like that, even if you're Deckerville, you could miss the playoffs. I mean, that, that really says a lot. And I think, uh, I, I, I think the fact that everybody else from the NCTL went eight-man kind of pushed Peck and mm-hmm. Kingston and Deckerville into it as well. But um, 
the NCTL has really kind of uh, developed into this crazy super super league. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not really North Central no. Thumb anymore. We were talking about that the other <laughs> no. day. We're like, no. you have to go to to Mount Pleasant, <laughs> right? Right. And in, in some of those, and you go down, you go to Flint and New Haven. And yeah, it's not really the Thumb. It's just in name only. It's, yeah, exactly. But it's really one of the premier eight man leagues in the state. I mean, you got a lot of of uh, top, top echelon teams in the state in that conference. I think, well, the other thing about Deckerville is I think they were kind of the model for the other teams on how to play defense in yes. eight-man football yes. because they were the first team in the state that started shutting people out right. and holding people regularly under three touchdowns, which was hard to do in the beginning. The, it, the, oh, the, I was just want to give you a quick stat on that before you go. Sorry, I don't want to. Didn't mean to interrupt. <laughs> no, you're good. But in 2016, the year they lost to North Central, they had only gave up double digit points that year three times. That was actually similar to the point I was going to bring up. I I think it averages out to about four points a game or something. They had one, two, three, four shutouts, and other times one touchdown to one to uh, one touchdown was given up four times. Yeah. So I mean that. That's just bizarre. I mean, and it, it's it's the hardest part about eight man is defending it, really. And you know, you're right. Deckerville has figured figured it out, and uh, you know, they're Deckerville. It's it's they're they're very similar to programs like Ubley and mm-hmm. Sandusky, where every year you know they're going to be a contender. It doesn't matter who they lost or what their schedule looks like or how many seniors they had on the team last year. They're just going to go out there. They're going to compete. They're probably going to win the conference, and they're going to probably win a couple of playoff games. Yeah, the other thing that eight-man football has done, um, like Mayville and Kingston were teams that you would schedule for homecoming because right. you knew you were going to get a win and right. everybody was going to be happy at the homecoming dance. Mayville – those teams are programs now right absolutely and they've both made deep playoff runs Mayville was kind of an interesting uh situation because uh they they were they were in the greater thumb conference for a long time and then they they couldn't compete in the greater thumb conference but they were they couldn't go to the nctl because it was eight man and they wanted to stick to 11 man they played it was a it was a conference that was called the independent conference and it was four teams. Detroit Cesar Chavez was in that league. And it was just really – it was – Dearborn Star and Cardinal Money. Yeah, yeah. yep. Just a, mo- a very <laughs> A very bizarre situation. And, you know, you got to give them credit for trying to stick it out in 11-man. But they're, they're one of the they, – they've benefited so much from moving to 8-man. You know, may, that, you know, it's, it, it's great. It's great for the school and it's great for the program. And, you know, same thing with Kingston. They – they similar to Peck, you know, they were they had their runs in the early two thousands and stuff, but you know, they're they're an eight man they're an eight man team. Now we talked about this before we got on the air. For those that aren't familiar with it, maybe those that are listening down closer to Port Huron that have never seen an eight man game, how much different and how similar is it to a normal eleven man game? Because I guess the best way I describe it to people and it's not a great comparison, but I say it's like if you have ever watched arena football, but outside. Yeah, yeah that that would be good. That'd be a good thing to compare it to. I think the biggest thing you notice right off the bat is the offensive line. It's it's very weird seeing you know three or four guys line up on the offensive line. 
that that's that's kind of what stands out to me. But the one of the, one of the biggest things about eight player, if you have that one guy that's great, he's he has the space to work and you know that there there's been a lot of great players in eight man that can put up great numbers just because they're so much better than everyone else and you know that's that that's the that's the biggest difference to me is uh the the play style and you know how important a playmaker becomes speed kills speed kills game. yes exactly speed really yeah. kills yep in that game there's a little bit of a difference between the stars and the stripes yeah <laughs> yeah just <laughs> the, a little the bit. stars is like you said it's like an all-star conference yes and the stripes are, are a lot of uh the the smaller schools correct well it's actually but they're competitive against well, themselves when they play in league games yeah well and it's it really um it's based on enrollment, so all the bigger schools are on one side, all the smaller schools are on the other side. And when the when CPS, Owen Gage, and Akron, those schools, when they initially went to eight man, that was their their main gripe was that they didn't want to play the bigger schools because you know you you'd never win, and it just it wasn't it wasn't safe anymore. And you know the NCTL has stayed true to that, and you know that's. That's uh, one, one of the best things about the way the conference is set up right now. Yeah, you do have those couple of crossover games, but for, for the, the most part, you're playing schools your size, and it, it, it's fair. And you get to go out there and play against teams that are your size. And, you know, it, it really benefits schools like Peck and CPS. Uh, Peck, Peck, because, you know, they could probably compete in the Stars on most years. So now they're at the top of the stripes and cps that that's a program that's trying to rebuild and you know like we said with memphis it's hard to rebuild when you're mm. when you're losing all the time and their enrollment some of these years are under 100 right right so you're you're trying to build a football team from 50 kids yeah and a lot of those might be 14 year olds yeah and it's that that's that's what initially drove the push to go to eight man was the uh, dr dropping enrollments, and you know that's why we continue to see it to grow, is uh, because of enrollments dropping, you know, everywhere. Um, but I, I I just love the way the NCTL is set up right now. Um, a couple years back, it was actually three divisions. It was the red, white, and blue, yep. and uh, that that was kind of cool too. But I think right now where it's at, because um, you you do have those top tier teams that are really that make the conference really strong. And then on the stripes, you get the more pr traditional uh, eight-man conference where it's a bunch of smaller schools that can actually go out and compete and play against each other. And yeah. more I, actually I, geographically relevant. Yeah. Too. Well, yeah. That, I was yeah. just going to say the, the North Central Thumb League Red was a bunch of teams over by Lansing. There wasn't. The yes. Yeah, yeah. There wasn't even any <laughs> any traditional NCTL team in that division. I don't think. <laughs> But that's all right. It, it, it's getting there. Uh, I'm glad that it's actually picking up steam yeah. and not going away. Right. Because I think had it had it failed and gone away, a lot of schools that had football all through the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s would have just gone away. Right. Or right. you'd get teams Elkton, Pigeon, Bayport, Laker, Caseville, right. Port Austin. <laughs> right. You'd and, start yeah, seeing Mayville. big co-ops and yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bad Axe would now have, like, all the kids from North Huron. Right, and, right. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. Uh, whatever works so that the kids can play, I think. Right. Yeah. And that, that, that's the most important thing because, you know, mm -hmm. football, 
yeah, even though it sucked playing 11 man because we were no good and we mm-hmm. never beat anybody, I still wouldn't trade it for anything. Football is the absolute yeah. best. You know, to have that opportunity to go out there and play, that's what's important uh, for these kids and uh, for these schools. Do you want to talk any about your alma mater, what to expect from them this year? Yeah, uh, I, I'll touch on Peck a little bit. Um, I, I, uh, I, I'll try and not sound too biased. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, Peck is a team um, that they had, they had that state title run mm-hmm. uh, in 13. In 14, they make it to the semifinals, and they end up – they lose to the eventual state champion, yeah, Lawrence. Lawrence. And then after that, they've just been the most consistently good team. You know, they're, they're pretty much guaranteed five wins a year. Well, yeah, the next year after that, they went seven and three, and they've been almost exactly 500 since then. Right. They and went five and four, five and five, five and five, five and five, four and four. And you got to keep in mind that's for the most part playing in the Stars side or yeah. in the, you know, they haven't always been in the Stripes. They moved over to the Stripes last year. And I think that's really going to benefit Peck because I think they are a really good program. And then to be put in the smaller side of the league, that's something that Peck could really capitalize on. And, you know, it's just it's a credit to Coach McDaniel. Um, he, he's really built something there that is just consistently good. And, you know, you don't usually see that very often with uh, high school teams. Usually it kind of comes and goes. Or, but, uh, you know, Peck, Peck has a really good thing going right now. Um, the, bi- the biggest thing for them, I believe, is going to be uh, Caleb Lentner. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard the name. But I've heard the name, yes. He, he played for Peck his freshman year. He was first team all-county. And then he, uh, he didn't play his next year, but he came, he came back and he'll be playing this year again. He's just, just a, a, a great athlete. He's a hockey player, a baseball player. And, you know, I, re- I really think he's in for a big season, um, especially because, you know, in the eight-man game, if you have that one guy, he's going to be really good. And that, that's kind of how Peck played last year. They had Brandon Winarski, who played – a variety of positions he, he he played offensive line running back fullback quarterback receiver and you know he was a majority of their offensive and defensive output and I think Caleb Lettner is going to f- slide into that role very nicely and uh you know Peck Peck should be with with the way that their schedule set up this year they they could be in for a pretty pretty big season all right. Open door policy here at Get Stuck on oh, Sports. Yeah. I think Mike's got a key to the door. He can come on yeah. anytime he wants to. Yeah. <laughs> he, might <laughs> have, he, he might have to be one of our guest uh, picks. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. We yeah. do the picks. Yeah. We'll have to come in. Yeah. I, uh, I, 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 don't know what, I don't know what it is. We, we did picks in the paper at the Tribune, and we've done it at the Santa Lake County News, and I just – I never do as good as I think I'm going to do. <laughs> <laughs> and it, you'll be at a disadvantage because probably – Eight of seven, the game. seven of the ten picks will be below the area that you cover. Right, right. Well, that just means I'll have to start paying attention more. <laughs> there you go. Well, I know two idiots that talk about that stuff. Right. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how accurate they are. <laughs> All right, uh, Mike, thanks a lot for doing this. Hey, thanks and for inviting me. This is, uh, you know, I, I love the show, and I love what you guys have done over the past year. This, this really fills a niche that I think people were really interested in. You know, it, it, it's a big deal to these kids 
to have their games broadcast on- online and stuff and you know it makes it makes it feel you know professional and everything and you got you guys have done a great job and uh, I'm excited to see what the future holds for you guys Thanks. I know, I know in, in year one the kids did a great job making it fun for us oh yeah right had a lot of right. fun teams to watch including we get to follow that Marlette baseball team yeah, yeah. that was that was cool because we kind of joked when they won the district I go Marlette Mooney final and Dennis went yeah okay yeah. and then they were both in the they final right four there, yeah. and I was like come on one <laughs> almost, more game almost yeah <laughs> and uh, needless to say Croslex basketball was a, a thrill too, that was so. that was a lot of fun that was a lot of fun following that team that was uh you know it kind of falls into the category where you know you have to try not to cover them sometimes because you yeah. can really fall into the rhythm oh. of oh this is a big game better go cover crut you know you could end up well, covering them. That every might be week. the best basketball team we see in a, at a high school in this area for a long yeah. Oh, yeah. time. Yeah, like that's one they're going to be talking about twenty five years when we're, when we're getting close to retiring. Like you know, <laughs> I don't know if anyone is ever going to beat that twenty twenty pioneer team. <laughs> right, right. Twenty five years, huh? <laughs> You'll be talking about it. Yeah, you'll have to go by my graveside to ask <laughs> me about it. Twenty five years. <laughs> Don't age me that quickly. <laughs> All right. Uh, Friday, Caleb Dahlman. Yes. It'll be a, it's a good conversation. Yep. We'll, we'll talk so. some, some baseball because we like all sports here. Yeah, and, and it's the summer. We have to fill shows. <laughs> Not, and he did a great job, though. It was a lot of fun talking to Coach Dahlman. But it was fun to talk football. And, again, we're uh, less than a month away now from the kickoff of the high school football uh, season here on GetStuckOnSports.com. From Port Huron to Marysville and St. Clair to Marine City, the Blue Water Area is Stuck on Sports.